Hello, you are listening to Raise the Platform on Sin 90.7. Uh, today we're going to do an interview with uh, Danny DeToro. Um, but first we're going to go into a song, uh, which is Earth, Bi- oh, Earth Boy, sorry, <laughs> uh, The Arrow featuring Timberwolf. And there is, is a, a language warning. Language warning, yes. <laughs> Coming up. You're on Sin 90.7, Raise the Platform. That was Earth Boy and The Arrow featuring Timberwolf. In the, in the studio today are myself, Jaden, Alex, and a special guest, Danny DeToro. Hello. G'day, everybody. How's it all going? <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. It's great to be here. So, if you don't know who Danny DeToro is, she is a wheelchair. She is a wheelchair tennis player. DeToro was in the 2010 French Open doubles champion and has also been the Masters double champion. In singles, DeToro is the former world number one and two-time Masters finalist. In 2015, she moved to para table tennis and represented Australia in Rio and was co-team captain with Kurt Fernley. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Oh, good, man. How are you? Good. Excellent. I'm loving your T-shirt. I wish everyone could see that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us about the 2016 Rio Paralympics and how did it come about that you and Kurt were team captains? Wow, okay. Big questions there. Um, so Rio was incredible, you know, like it got a pretty bad rap for a really long time and... Um, you know, I think we need to remember that Rio is pretty much a developing nation and um, I <laughs> yeah. thought they did an incredible job. It was a beautiful um, – that was my sixth Games. Wow. And um, to be honest, that was one of my favourites. It was um, the whole city got behind us and really put on a beautiful show. We felt incredibly loved and heaps supported. And we had more um, spectators at the Paralympics in the first weekend than the Olympians did in, their, in the entire time of the Olympics. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, Rio just totally got behind us and it was really wonderful. Like, I, I had the best time and being co-captain with Kurt was a, an incredible privilege and a real honour. And we've got an incredible team um, our team, we had like about 175 athletes, 330 staff and athletes, and we just smashed it out of the park. It was great. Yeah, I loved watching it, the bits that we actually got to see. Really? What did you get to see? Um, I watched a bit of the tennis, a lot of the swimming. Yeah, nice. I feel like the swimming went for days and days and days. It does. It's the whole time. And <laughs> yeah. you know, for the first time in 20, what is it, 24 years, um, I actually got to the swimming for the first time ever, because usually, you know, my tennis campaign lasts a big stretch of that as well. And um, will probably last the whole time. Yeah, it, it does when you're trying to win a medal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, f- yeah, for me, for the first time I got to the swimming and it was just out of control. It was the atmosphere in there is incredible. Um, I was there when uh, the when the women won the relay gold. I was there when we won actually a bunch of medals, which is a cool time to be there because um, that team just absolutely gets behind one another and it's a really beautiful thing to be present to. Mm. What else did you say? Oh, uh, the track and field, nice. I think. A lot of lot of the track. Yeah, lots of yeah. good good moments of the track. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the guys that are actually run faster than everybody's. Right. Insane, right? Yeah. That's great. Mm. So what was the best part about being a team captain in Rio? Ooh. That's hard. We did a lot of work uh, leading up to the game. So we did about eight months of uh, work on the ground with a lot of our athletes and staff just to create, um, I guess, a real sense of community. So um, I think most people spend a lot of their time um, pretty much in isolation doing their sport. You know, we get together once every four years, but for the most part, uh, everyone's in their little bubble doing their thing. And it's really easy to feel pretty isolated and alone. And um, it's really easy to forget that you're a part of a bigger, broader community Mm. who... um, 
you know, has shares a lot of similar experiences and is able to help out in a lot of different ways. So we spent the last oh, eight months just bringing athletes together um, in various circumstances and mostly from a state-based organisational point of view. So linking athletes who want to be a part of a Paralympic team and connect them to athletes that are on them, um, as well as making sure that our athletes have finished their um, competitive lives still have a real beautiful impact, because they do. They've got so much to offer. So that was a great part of it, was actually connecting our um, our disabled sporting community, our whole country together, to be able to feel like they're part of something bigger. And certainly on the ground, um, the best part was just being able to support our athletes on the ground. It was amazing. I got to the sailing and to the track and I got to the swimming and got to see some rugby. It was just awesome. I've never um, worked so hard um, on <laughs> on being so everywhere all at once. It was. I had a great time. It was awesome. Yeah. So uh, what kind of workout regime would Paralympians do to get ready for the Paralympics? That's a really good question. And everyone's really different. You know, um, every yeah. sport has their particular things that people need to work on. But, you know, obviously um, there's a whole bunch of cardio stuff. There's a whole bunch of strength and conditioning stuff. Yeah. Recovery takes a big part of it and everyone has a very different regime for that. Um, for me, recovery also includes things like doing some yoga and doing a bunch of meditation. Okay. And, um, so it's not for me, it's not just gym stuff and actual technical and tactical based stuff but it's also making sure that you're pretty balanced as a human being that's for me anyway yeah. <laughs> um, is just making sure that stuff is pretty balanced because you know one of our great mottos on our whole Paralympic team is a happy team is a successful team and being able to be balanced for me is what creates happiness for me <laughs> um, it's really easy to get pretty single-minded about stuff and when I get like that I get a little bit um, a little bit crazy yeah I think I actually really saw that. some of the like work like when they were like warming down yeah and like all the the ice baths and very big process yeah it's pretty massive and um <laughs> certainly from a, a paralympic point of view um our paralympic so we had a village you know and our and in our village there's a big giant building and all the aussies are in this building and yeah. um the recovery section is a whole floor of that building and also on the ground floor are where all our ice baths and stuff are so yeah. we had about four four five ice baths and so for the most part most athletes will actually use them to just kind of cool down get their bodies um particularly when it's quite hot when you can't regulate body temperature that well so that's another way to kind of do that as well as a great way to um, recover really tired muscles get them fired up for the next day because it's a pretty massive program for most of our athletes yeah definitely so they you know that kind of turnaround is um is really important to get that stuff right so you know a lot of our cyclists and swimmers and track athletes were uh, pretty much spending most of their days in that in that <laughs> ice bath couldn't put me in that if you gave me a hundred bucks no, but I've, I've never done that before good ways to do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sook when it comes to cold so you know yeah. Uh, we're going to go to another song now. Uh, this is Sticky Fingers with Sad Song. You are on Raise the Platform. And you're back on uh, Raise the Platform on Sid 90.7. I am the resident ghost, so I'm not here <laughs> and you can't actually hear me. Or <laughs> see uh, you, for that matter. Or see me. Where but, is uh, that voice coming We're from? talking to Danny Totoro and I just wanted to ask, um, was it true that you had a little... Um, like a little system where they, if you knocked your wheelchairs about, you get new, not new wheelchairs, but, you know, new wheels and new things for your wheelchairs that like got fixed for free and everything. Is that totally? Is that oh my god, it wasn't a little system. It's massive actually. Oh so gosh. Otto Bock, which is one of the, you know, big, I'm presuming they're German. Sounds very German. <laughs> um, companies, uh, wheelchair companies, and not just wheelchair, but also prosthetics too. So obviously the Paralympics 
full of lots of para-athletes with lots of various um, bits and pieces. And, uh, yeah, so Otterbock is one of the, the major sponsors of a Paralympic um, village and the Games itself. And so, yeah, we had lots of – any time that someone had, um, you know, wheels, chair issues, um, prosthetic issues, uh, those guys actually – fix that stuff, fix it for free. You basically get in line and you wait. Um, some wow. stuff is quicker than others. But, um, yeah, we had one of our guys, um, Brent Garvey. He's our one of our triathlete lads, and um, he has a pretty super-duper leg, and uh, he totally snapped that in one of his, like, practice sessions. Oh, and he, he's thankfully <laughs> sponsored by Autobox, so they, they had the exact same parts for the thing that he actually uses. So he was pretty fortunate. But, um, yeah, they've totally saved my butt a bunch of times because you don't know. You know, you travel a lot and um, you, you bring as much spare stuff as you can. But sometimes really random stuff happens. And thankfully... Mistakes are made. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. you know, and particularly in travel, you know, it's a long way to go where lots can go wrong mm. and um, often does. Yeah, I think they actually showed the uh, the amount of spare wheels and mm. tyres and just everything yeah. they had for, like, jealous. basketball teams. And I'm like, <laughs> look at my little thing. It's terrible. And, you know, my wheelchair's falling apart, my new wheelchair. Not this one that I'm <laughs> currently in. This is my old wheelchair. Um, but... Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, totally. It's phenomenal to, to just see that many people with disabilities wandering around. Um, it's incredible and it's really, um, oh, there's so many words to describe that. One is that, you know, we're really fortunate in Australia. Like even though we might say, oh, we've got kind of slightly crappy chairs, you can't imagine the crappy chairs some people get around with, yeah. you know, and oh, genuinely true. compete internationally yeah. and, and do incredible things on an international level with mm. So one is really appreciating how um, how really fortunate we are and, and the things that we have access to. And for the most part, you know, there's lots of people in, in the community who are still really struggling hardcore and, and we need to really look out for one another. But for the most part, um, we, we live in a pretty fortunate country and have some really great access to a lot of things. So mm. bring that on. Yes. Um, you're an elite athlete. In two sports, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> the average show, what exercise advice would you give to promote general fitness? Yeah, average Joe or Josephine. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what would I... Wow, yeah, so, you know, I guess... Elite sport is a whole other level of um, pretty much masochism <laughs> um, and you kind of need to be, you know, a very uh, <laughs> particular person to enjoy that kind of stuff. But um, I think it's really important, regardless of whether you have a disability or not, to have a little bit of just general exercise in your day. Um, mm. It's really important on a bunch of levels. Um, for me, one, it's really good to just get your body moving, whatever you can move to be able to move it, even if that's, you know, half an hour, 20 minutes, whatever you've got to be able to, even if it's stepping away from the computer, stepping away from the board, stepping away from whatever you do to just get a little bit of oxygen, get a little bit of blood flow, um, helps you think better, helps you to kind of... The last time I checked, it, I think it was one to two hours of vigorous exercise per day, moderate to vigorous exercise per day. Yeah, and gosh, if you can get that, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think for the most part, people sometimes don't feel like they can. So for me, I'm like, if you've been sitting in front of a computer for an hour, just get up and go to the toilet or something. Go walk to the <laughs> photocopier or just something so that you're kind of stepping away from the vehicle for a moment and just getting a little bit of blood flow. But the other thing about sport and just general fitness is community and kind of being in touch with other people mm. in a way that's I think slightly that's removed what I like from most work. About it. Yeah, totally. You don't need to be like super awesome at something. You just need to go and do something. You yeah. know, like, and it doesn't need to be just with other disabled people. It just needs to be anywhere. Like, we're looking to um, 
join a lawn bowls club, right? So <laughs> I don't know any disabled lawn bowls club, and I really don't care. I just want to get down to a green. I have no clue. I've never thrown a ball. Is it even throw? I don't even know if it's called throwable. But <laughs> I think I've done it a couple of times, yeah. like in like kids camps. Awesome. And stuff. How good's that? <laughs> I just want to yeah. enter a club and yeah. do that because you know, one, I want to learn a brand new skill, but two, like I want to be just amongst it. And I think that's a really important thing about um, general fitness. You know, is it's it's got to be good for your mind and good for your body. And I think there's a degree of it that it's got to be good for your heart and for me that means connecting with other people and again feeling like you're part of something bigger than just your own experience which can get pretty suffocating at times yeah I especially like because I uh Rosie and I go to the gym you know twice a week awesome that's twice awesome a week. yay come on we probably should go more but, no you know. that's good whatever you can um, do but like getting up in the morning and you have like the whole day to do things and you know you feel more awake I think it, it wakes you up true more. story and we actually met someone through gym that lives like three houses down. See it's it. great. Community people. Um, <laughs> love it. Yeah, with the same disability, you know. Awesome. So it was great. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's I, much to I be said for that. Love socialising at the gym. Yeah, it's great. totally. Awesome. <laughs> what gym do you go to so that I can stalk you at it? We go to GSAC. <laughs> <laughs> Which just sounds a bit wrong, right? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. Right. The Glen Ira Sports and Aquatic Centre. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> awesome. Starting to get a little bit worried about you. We said that like so many times last week. You did not. Never thought about that it. That did not click. Oh, that's just me. Oh, no. Now I sound like a freak. <laughs> oh, oh. Is it time to go now? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what's one thing you think everyone in Australia should know about disability? Oh, goodness. God, that's a. Really good question, isn't it? Is that it's out there, that there's a lot of it? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not what you think and not how it looks and, you know, not everyone ticks all those boxes of um, what disabled looks or sounds or feels like. Because um, there's all sorts of things. Right. Mm. That's it. There's so much of it. And um, so, I, I don't know, that's a great question. I think, first of all, it's appreciating that we're people <laughs> and um, yeah. people first and foremost and that every single one of us, um, like anyone in community has, um, you know, specific things about us that are good for us and that we need or we need to be able to communicate with others. And, yeah. Um, do you always get asked for, like, help? Do you need help? Do, you, do I need no. help? Do yeah. you need help? I do, doing actually. Things because I get pulled up at my car in a shopping centre, like, yeah. do you need help putting the, car, the wheelchair in the car? I'm like, no. Yeah. If I needed help, I'd have a carer with me. Yeah, you know, and I've... I've oh, when I was younger, so I had an accident when I was 13, and um, to be really honest, that stuff just used to piss me off so bad. Yeah. Um, but as I get older, I just appreciate where that stuff's coming from, is that for the most part, people just want to help, and people mm. um, want to feel useful, and people just, I think that's really nice. So I think there's a difference between that kind of condescending kind of stuff and people just being kind and thoughtful. Um, so I get that a lot too, and mm. um, and often it's by you know really quite older people who look like they need a lot more help than I do so often I ask them if they need help. Most of them mean well. Right. Mm. Do you find that as well? Like they're just you know people. Well I don't have a physical disability but um but I'm sure Alex would Alex has already said. I've I have it daily. In fact I was at the uh, Queen Vic markets today and uh there was a guy with uh some dogs and um I went up to him because they were really cute um, and, you know, he's like, oh, they're, they're really good, you know, with special needs kids. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got a child with autism. And, and I'm like, uh-huh, okay, that's nice. Awesome. Yeah, like, a special nights kids. you're a young yeah. person, is that what he's saying? Because yeah. that's cool. Bring that on. Like, if, if they're <laughs> yeah. still saying if that Yeah, if I still look 40s, like a child, awesome. I mean, right. yeah, <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> Milk but, that yeah, one. It was, kind of, it was kind of weird saying, you know, special needs yeah. person and... Yeah, like, I guess yeah. people are just trying to find language to describe stuff, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, I think for the most part it's just having a real appreciation that that we're, we're people and that um, that they're out there. And I think the more that, you know, I think you guys in the studio here kind of really set an example for that, that there are people just doing normal, awesome, everyday things. You don't have to be doing, you know, exceptionally great things that are on TV in order to appreciate that people with disabilities are out in community being um, and contributing in really worthwhile ways. So um, the more that we see people and hear people on the radio doing that kind of stuff, the more it's just not a big deal, you know. Like obviously there's awareness around particular needs that need to be met so that everyone can actually have equitable access to stuff and and be able to kind of get what we all need. But ultimately um, I think... You know, it's just about seeing and hearing and seeing people out on the street. I mean, how how often do you guys see people on the street with any sort of needs, like let alone just wheelchair? Yeah, like it's, hardly. It's like, very rare. Right. We're trying to make that, you know, change. Yeah, and I appreciate <laughs> that lot. part of that is an access issue, and that it's, yeah, sometimes it definitely. isn't easy to get around. Um, but I think it's really important to, you know, for me, it's been about just pushing myself a little bit to do some stuff that um, feels a bit weird and a bit awkward and a bit uncomfortable, and being okay with brand new environments and just. Um, I don't know, just pushing myself to be a bit brave to do some stuff that might seem like, oh, I'm a little bit worried about how this is going to go and where's the closest wheelchair toilet and (laughs) am I going to be able to get there okay and all that stuff as opposed to just kind of, you know, suck it and see, you know, to see what (laughs) happens and and explore this planet because we don't have a lot of time on it and um, I reckon you just kind of got to live it like you stole it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to another song now. Uh, this is Killing Heidi with Weir. Yes. You are on Raise the Platform awesome. on Scene 90.7. Killing Heidi with Weir. And classic. Yes. That is a classic. You are listening to Raise the Platform on Scene 90.7. Now, Danny, you went to Queenscliff and saw Killing Heidi. How was that? Oh, like exceptional. That was awesome. Um, so Ella's a good mate of mine and watching her um, be a total rock pig for like a whole hour <laughs> set was just awesome it was that was so much fun um it was Queenscliff's uh, I think 20th anniversary and it was also killing Heidi's and they got together for this exceptional gig and I just felt very privileged to see that it was heaps heaps fun oh, as I'm was so that jealous. whole festival yeah <laughs> and that festival's great and you know I'm getting older and probably it's I'm just showing my age but um <laughs> the reason I love that festival is mostly an access point of view yeah, yeah like you can actually definitely. get to like or there's two big stadium uh, stages and you can see both of them. Um, that's awesome. I'm, you know, I'm getting older and my crowd surfing days are a bit done um, <laughs> and I'm really not into seeing butts anymore. <laughs> so I'm kind of like when I get to kind of festivals like Queenscliff, I just really appreciate that and it, you just get to have a different um, experience, I guess, and that's really, really fun. So particularly watching Killing Heidi do it uh, on a perfect platform where I can actually see her and she, I, I'm imagining she could kind of see me I'm yeah. just I'm just hoping that I'm just imagining that but um, <laughs> we hope it was yeah, yeah 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 totally when she's smiling and looking it's me that she's nodding and like yeah. smiling too yeah yeah um that's awesome I love that festival heaps and um and Ella Hooper is just beautiful and just one of the most beautiful people on the planet yeah we're all swooning over I'm, I'm Ella Hooper. I'm so right jealous now. that you went because, like, uh, we were at a camp 
yeah. getting knocked out of a canoe. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that's fun too. Like it's a different type of fun. And um, <laughs> But it was cold though. That was a yeah, cold and yeah. windy weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be wet that weekend. Yeah. Where did you do that and what were you doing? Uh, it was uh, Bacchus Marsh. Oh, right. So the yeah. canoe that knocked us over was called the Black Pearl and oh. we were in the, um, the Flying, flying Dutchman. Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> Not so flying. Yeah. Well, we like flying. <laughs> <laughs> the sinking Dutchman. Yeah. <laughs> now you have the next question, Jaden. Yes. Pick up to do, question six. <laughs> do you believe you have achieved more in your life because you disability than you would have without it? Well, considering that you got your disability quite early on yeah. in your life. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good question. Hey, um, I don't really know. Um, poor... I've always wanted to, when I was a kid, when I was six years old, the first thing I got for a present was um, a doctor's kit. And what I wanted to be was a surgeon. So um, I was a bit of a geek and um, was, (laughs) let's face it, still (laughs) am quite a bit of a geek. And um, so what I wanted to be when I grew up um, has changed a lot. So, but what I've always wanted to do is contribute to society in a meaningful way. And um, I feel like... Um, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of avenues to be able to do that in. Mm. So, I don't know, I I like doing things as well as I can do them. And sometimes um, those days don't look as good as others. (laughs) And then you just manage that on a day-to-day basis. But I don't know, I I feel like um, every day is a bit of a gift these days. And um, I'm really just mindful that whatever I can do, I will try and do what I can with that day. And so I don't know, I don't know if I've achieved more because I've got a disability. I've definitely seen the world in a different way because I have a disability. Yeah. Um, you know, things take a bit more time and I've learnt patience and I've learnt <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, compassion for my own self and for others. And um, I guess, you know, I've, I appreciate that um, not everyone's experience is the same and, and that's a really beautiful thing. Like that's kind of allowed me a certain sense of... Uh, Oh, I guess empathy in a way for different people and not just for people with disabilities but different experiences that create very different um, outcomes out there. So I don't know. Would you guys say that? Like what, how do you guys feel about that question? I reckon that um, a lot of more doors have opened for me because of my disability. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Definitely. I'm very disability proud. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and yeah. I just, I don't know, I feel like my life would be completely different if I was able-bodied, especially having three older brothers. Sure. That, you know, one yeah. of them. I can't imagine yeah. what we'd be doing. Like, obviously, like, we were born with our disability, so... It's all we've ever known, So really. it's all we... Yeah. But I think because of our disability, so many doors have opened, like, different doors and mm. so many more opportunities. And, and like, meeting like-minded people who yeah. are, like, are genuinely, genuinely lovely. Yeah. I think it's probably not hard of a able people to make friends, but, like, you, you learn who the wankers are pretty quickly when you've yeah. got disability. You've got a good radar for that, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Yeah. It gets easy to see that. Mm. Mm. So you've won many awards and achieved so much, such such as being named Paralympian of the Year, receiving the Australian Sports Medal and being named Young Victorian of the Year, just to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been some hard times in your career. What do you do when the going, going gets, gets tough? That's yeah. a long question. Well, that was <laughs> a very long question. And, um, My bad. Way, way, way to go getting through that one. Um, yeah, you know, I'm. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm 42 years old, so that's a really long time to talk about tough moments because they come, and as a mm. human being, they come. And um, I guess as a kid, um, 
how I deal with it now is pretty different to how I dealt with it back then as a kid. But yeah, um, I still find myself in lots of um, mental holes. And I think what I've probably gotten better at is being able to manage falling into those holes. <laughs> and I guess I've, <laughs> I've learned how to bring a ladder or an elevator, whatever, <laughs> um, in with me when I do kind of fall into them. So I know, I know when they're coming and I know how to manage them when I get in them. And I know um, that I have a really great group of people to be able to turn to when, when that stuff happens. So um, a big part of it is being able to um, communicate those challenges. Yeah. And... Um, I'm really fortunate. I've just got a really, I've got a lot of beautiful, beautiful people in my world who are really there for me, mm. and 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 being there for other people kind of also is a part of that as well. That's a really beautiful way to just kind of, I don't know, appreciate the humanness in all of us. Yeah. Um, a big part of it is for me, and I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a practical, um, nerdy thing about me, but it's kind of assessing what you. What, what needs to be done? What can you do in that space? So whether it's a sport thing or whether it's a life thing or a work thing or a family thing or a school thing, trying to um, understand what the issue is and try yeah. and work out what you can do with that issue. And if there's something that you can do with that issue, then do it. <laughs> do all the things that you can do. And when you can't do anything else, then it's about just maintaining a bit of good peace of mind. You know, how do you create kind of peace in yeah. your own mind so that you could kind of get through that because all things are temporary. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's sometimes when it, when it actually, when it gets its worst, that's kind of what I sometimes remember is that all things are pretty temporary and, and, and things pass. So, but certainly being able to bring people along with that journey is really helpful. Knowing that you're not alone is a really great thing. And so um, for me, I, I think the big thing is reaching out. And um, yeah, definitely. that's a really important one. Yeah. Jane, want to ask the next question? Yep. So you were on the ABC show, You Can't Say That. That looked like a bit of fun. What is the most annoying question you get as a person with a physical disability? Wow. Okay. Um... You know, I was thinking about that. I thought, oh, there are no annoying questions. You know, questions are good. They help break down stereotypes. They break down assumptions and all that stuff. And then I got in a cab today to come here and uh, the cab driver looks at me and says, oh, um, are you going to bring that wheelchair with you? I'm like, mm. oh, my uh, God. Yep. <laughs> Pretty sure I am. Are you okay with that? <laughs> um, and he wasn't super wow. jazzed about having to bring that wheelchair with me. But, um, yeah, you know what? Questions, I love questions. Mm. And um, I'm up for questions. I think there are appropriate times and places to ask some of those questions. But the most part, I think that um, when they ask, then you get to give an answer. And yeah. um, I would prefer that than have someone assume stuff. Um, I get more annoyed about things rather than questions. So, yeah. you know, I get yeah. um, I get annoyed when you use an accessible toilet and, you know, someone's peed all over the toilet seat, you know, and you spend yes. the first 20 minutes cleaning it up <laughs> and you're busting and you've got mm. not necessarily the greatest control yeah. of parts of your body. And so you're like just trying, hoping that you don't pee yourself yeah. while you're cleaning up someone <laughs> yeah. else's. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, that feeling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I always, when we need to go to the toilet, Rosie and I, um, you know, it's either, you know, we always have to like, Decide on who goes it's first. Right. Because that person's so on the clean. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's usually me. But, uh, oh, you're a good friend. Yeah. Well, uh, last, last, last week it was you, yeah, Rosie. Yeah, last week it was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least you take it in turn. <laughs> but That's it was good. actually clean that time. Yeah, I was you like, know, I felt a little bit That's gypped. What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the. Yeah, you are a terrific. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Let me just start that again. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are a ter- terrific role model for people. Do you have any advice or tips for anyone wanting to get into sport? Yeah, I think we talked a little bit already about that. I think that um, just maybe work out what you like to do. You know, not ever. I hate swimming. I would never ever go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get. I like to get thrown into the ocean and bob around for a bit, but I don't yeah, necessarily like swimming. Right, I swallow too much of it and it's gross. Um, but. I think it's important to work out what you like doing. So whether you uh, like hitting stuff hard or (laughs) whether you like just sweating and running or whether you like just being really active or whether you like team sports, I think that's a really important thing. So there's no good putting someone who really likes being on their own in a basketball team and just dealing with that. So I think work out what you like to do and and then push yourself to go do it, you know, actually go and do it because it's really easy to talk yourself out of a whole bunch of stuff and put it off until tomorrow and all of those things. Then 20 years can go past and you're still like, man, I still haven't played lawn bowls. Or 42 years can go past and you can say, <laughs> oh, I still haven't played lawn bowls. Lawn bowls. So um, I think it's just being a little bit brave and actually um, just – wanting a bit more for yourself, pushing yourself to do something a little bit out of the box for you, you know. And um, I think there's so much that it can offer and you meet so many cool people that you could never have imagined that you meet. Um, And that's a a social aspect but also just feeling good about yourself and what you do. So I don't know if that sums it up enough. I think it does. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go to another song now. This is the Cassandra's. With I want to be someone people want to be close to. <laughs> this is a sweet 16, so you're going to hear this throughout the week on Sin. You are listening to Raise the Platform. The Cassandra's with I want to be someone people want to be close to on Raise the Platform. And we are almost done with the show. Almost. Almost. Damn. It's been so fun. <laughs> so after the Paralympics, what else is on your bucket list? Of things to do or achieve. Wow. Okay. Um, bucket list. Join a lawn bowls club. Um, I really want to see a Borealis. Am I alone on that one? A what? So, you know. Um, <laughs> Northern Lights. That's right. Or oh. Southern Lights. Oh. There's Southern also lights. the Southern Lights. So, um, either either. I'm happy to see a Southern Lights. But, um, that would be nice. I know. I got to Sweden a couple of years ago and thought, oh, how cool would that be? But obviously, wrong time of the year. Yeah. Um, and it's a long way to go to see a light show. So, um, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that somehow I can do it down maybe New Zealand, Tasmania. There's a couple of good spots around. Mm-hmm. Um, see a Borealis is totally what I would like to do, tick off that bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a Paralympic and sport point of view, I've started a brand new sport that I'm not very good at, but I'm really excited about getting better. So I'm really um, jazzed over the next three years to actually start working on that and, and um, yeah, see, how that, see where that can take me. So table tennis is heaps fun. Like, I don't know if you guys have done it, but... It's super fun, and I totally it, recommend like, it. Like in a yeah. very casual, yeah, pra- in the yeah, come yeah. and try day kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally fun, and you know, um, classification is always the thing that everyone talks about at Paralympics, and um, but certainly table tennis is one of those sports where you're genuinely competing against people with um, in in that kind of same. Uh, classification, same functional ability that you have. And, and that's kind of nice. It's a big change for me. Like tennis is pretty much all in unless you're in a quad um, uh, environment like Dylan Alcott is. Like if you're not in that, then it's everybody. So you competing as people with like ankle deviations and stuff. And, um, and that's a very different environment to be mm. participating in. But, yeah, table tennis is awesome and I totally recommend it. What um, classification do you 
Yeah, so I'm a class four. So there are five seated classifications and then there, uh, I think it's up to a class 11 and they're then standing classifications and then intellectual disability classification is number 11. So it's awesome. And we've got incredible talent in this country and it's fun to watch that. So um, I'm really looking forward to just spending a bit more time with all our athletes and in that kind of lull that kind of happens after Paralympic Mm. Games. And I think Tokyo is going to be amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Is there any modifications in table tennis? Because I know, what, like, everyone's sitting down. So yeah. It's, it's like, is the table, like, lower? No, everything's no. the same, actually. Okay. Um, the <laughs> only difference is that off the serve, the, t- the ball um, that's coming at you has to come through the table. It can't go off the edges. Okay. Um, but what I do is I actually sit in a wheelchair that's quite a bit higher. So I sit in pretty much the same dimension chair, but it's just on 26-inch wheels, and I sit oh, okay. on, like, a almost a... 14 centimetre cushion. So I'm sitting up quite high. Yeah. Um, and that allows a great use of the table. Yeah, sure. Um, and that makes a really big difference. So sitting low is really hard. So if you're ever rocking up to a come and try day and you're sitting <laughs> really low in a wheelchair, don't get frustrated. Actually get, <laughs> I don't know, sit on another cushion or something because that's a yeah. big difference. And um, I had to kind of learn that the hard way. So that's what's kind of nice about trying a sport is it's a, it's a real um, part of experimenting with yourself and with the sport itself. So that's the stuff I love about it. Is there much moving around? Because, like, I play tennis, and there's obviously a lot of moving yeah. around to that. But, like, with table tennis, I can imagine that you can kind of not but can just stay in one spot. Yeah, I move around sense. a lot. Yeah. So um, lots of um, forward, backward, side, diagonal. Um, it's a lot of leaning and a lot of recovering from abdominal stuff. So I have to work pretty hard with that because I don't have any glutes. I don't have any of that kind of sling that naturally you can use your legs to kind of restabilize mm. yourself. So for me, a lot of that is upper using my left arm to stabilize in that way. And um, yeah, and I do move my chair around a bit too. So because I'm used to moving my chair yeah. around, I, I naturally want to. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of that that I'm having to just knock out of my own brain. But yeah, I, I like that. And that's what I like about that sport is you can play it by locking in and doing nothing or you can actually get right into it and which yeah. is what I enjoy about it. Because I can imagine I'd be so uncoordinated doing it. <laughs> no, nah, it's all it's all a bit of learning, you yeah. know, and it's training your brain. And I'm I'm training my brain hardcore in in really brand new ways. And I think that's kind of that's what's really fun. So you suck it for a bit, and then um, you get better every day. And that's what's nice is to see those like little improvements. Yeah. That's really fun. It's always good. <laughs> Anything else on your bucket list? Oh, um, I've ticked this one off, being in the Sin Studio. So um, that <laughs> no longer is on my list anymore. Um, yeah, you know, for me, it's it's kind of just getting the most out of the days that I've got and just enjoying that experience and trying to, I don't know. Just Any ha- music, music festivals planned? Oh, yeah. Coming no, up? Because- you know, I just missed FRL, which is um, <laughs> one of just my favourites, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful festival out in El Dorado. Um, but, yeah, no, I've got a bit of a quiet Christmas coming up, which is a bit nice. Um and then we kind of kick off pretty early in January for, for table tennis stuff. So oh, yeah. I've got a few things planned of the, for the year for table tennis. But beyond that, it's going to be my car stereo and lots of <laughs> sticky fingers and Earth Boy. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, well, while we have you, while we have you in here, and because uh, there was one question that I didn't put on the, the question list because it didn't uh, fit Ooh, in with all the other questions. The ghost speaks. What ghost? There's no ghost. With the rest of me speaking. <laughs> I am Alex. Um, yeah, do you have any tips for anyone uh, for travelling? Because Alex and I yeah. have done a little bit of overseas travelling and um, yeah. it's a bit you difficult. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really challenging, isn't it? And, um, you know, everyone's really different with that stuff. So for me, um, oh, 
you know, I I get lots of spasm on an aeroplane, and um, I, so I have a spinal cord injury, and and that spasm is a real issue because you don't want to mm. you don't want you don't want to drink too much because then you don't want to go to the toilet. Yeah. But if you don't drink too, you don't drink enough, then you get heaps dehydrated, and it makes the spasm worse. So for me, it's just trying to um, regulate how much water I drink and how I use that. And what I've loved and would totally recommend to everyone is and even whether you have a disability or not is smashing these things called shots they're just like um magnesium potassium salt stuff so what it actually has helped me do is not get spasm on an airplane which is amazing mm-hmm. um and be able to actually hold and use the fluid that i'm drinking so i'm not peeing uncontrollably during a flight <laughs> that's a big deal yeah, that, yeah. That is. we understand yeah. that yeah. And so for me that's actually made a really big difference to the way that i fly and the way that i recover so when i get off the airplane particularly after you know 26 28 hours of uh, sitting in grossness yeah um I actually feel quite a bit better. I don't have all that swelling. I don't. My body isn't trying to manage all of this fluid that's just sitting in me in a really not helpful way. Um, travel is always, you know, you gotta, you you almost need to be um, okay with things going wrong when you travel and being yeah. kind of open and um, not being kind of stuck and closed and um, angry <laughs> really helps. So just trying to trying to stay relaxed in your mind and being able to communicate the things that you need and will be really good for you. Yeah. So um, what what kind of stuff did you guys have that w- was challenging? Was there particular um, things? I, for me personally, because um, we can walk as well as use our wheelchair, getting our wheelchair taken away from us is yeah. a traumatic experience. <laughs> sure. Going to the airport and then like waiting for our wheelchairs at the end Yeah. Um, and be waiting, you know, an hour almost. Yeah, that's um, not cool. And... Normally, we're like, yeah, whatever, our wheelchairs, they can get lost, whatever. But, like, going to an airport and then going to a different country. Yeah, not cool. They don't speak English. Yeah. Yeah. Our wheelchairs are like gold. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And and I think that's really important. When I talk about communication, that's a really important one to communicate. So, for me, I I absolutely... I will punch on on this one yeah. is um, that I will gate check my wheelchair. So, mm-hmm. I, and I would probably recommend that for anyone who's a wheelchair user because it means that you're in control of where your body is and how your body <laughs> is. Um, so, I gate check my wheelchair, which means I take it to the aircraft gate uh, door and then yeah. they take it off me then. Yeah, that's um, what I do. Normally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then I ask them to request for my wheelchair to be brought up to the gate. Yeah. And and I tell them that that is non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, they're, they're pretty good about it. So um, I very rarely have issues because, um, yeah, they need to understand that that's really important. And when you're able to communicate that stuff um, in a, you know, um, peaceful way, most yeah. people will try and do what they can to help. Yeah. Well, mostly uh, when I've been overseas, it's been uh, with large groups. Yeah, that's um, challenging. So, yeah. yeah, but everyone, you know, there was five or six wheelchairs so you know it's it's a big hustle to get everyone yeah you know totally organized yeah we were but... on a um a chartered flight home from rio there was like 330 of us oh, and there were yeah. about um 70 uh or maybe 50 wheelchair users who can only use a wheelchair yeah <laughs> so yeah stuff and you've got to be patient and that's yeah. another and that, that's another real thing to carry with you when you travel is just a really patient mind <laughs> mm. and um but being able to communicate what you need i think is a big Big, big one. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for coming in and having a it's chat a pleasure with us. It's to have, to be here fantastic. and see you all. Thank you so very much. Um, yes. Yeah, but uh, so that's all we have time for. You've been in the studio with Jaden, Alex, myself, Rosie, who is a ghost and not here, <laughs> and Danny. Um, we're going to leave you with the last song. 
which I do believe is Childish Gambino, and yes. the name of the song is Have Some Love. <laughs> Have Some Love, and this, this is, is off their feature album. And what's their feature album called? Awaken My Love. Excellent. You've been listening to Raise the Platform on Sin 90.7. Bye. 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 See you.